do we equip our families with a biblical worldview? How do we prepare the next generation for life? How do I grow in my walk with the Lord and in my marriage? If you wrestle with these questions, you are in the right place to find answers. Welcome to the Entrusting the Faith podcast. Well, I am excited today on the podcast because I have with me uh, Danielle Hitchin. She's the founder of Catechesis Books. Uh, she's also an author. And man, I'm just excited to have Danielle on the show. How are you today, Danielle? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. Now, Catechesis Books, for those who are not familiar with it, what is Catechesis Books? So Catechesis Books is a publishing company that is designed to publish materials to help nourish the blossoming soul. So mm. we're thinking about children in particular with our first book series, the Baby Believer series. And these are um, primer style books. So counting ABCs, opposites, that sort of thing, um, which reformat uh, basic theological concepts into this primer style format so that we can start mm. exposing our kids from their earliest ages to scripture and theology. Oh, that's really cool because I know when our kids were younger and we loved the, like the Sandra Boynton books and they uh -huh. were great and they were a lot of fun. Uh, but at the same time, it would be nice having that that scriptural framework to to talk through those things in. Right. And that was exactly the design of um, this company. You know, our kids, when they're young, they have um, a myriad of primer style books, right? Mm -hmm. You can find counting books for dogs or trucks or flowers or whatever. And we figured if kids are going to read counting books anyway, they might as well count meaningful things like persons mm -hmm. of the Trinity or fruits of the spirit. Wow. And so is that really kind of what led you to like, I really don't see this in the marketplace. So we're just going to, we're going to do it ourselves and roll with it. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, somebody asked me when my daughter, my oldest was 18 months old, you know, what are you doing for her spiritual development? And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> keeping her alive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we bring her to church. Um, but there's this book series that I really loved called the baby lit primers and they took classic mm. literature and uh, reformed it into a primer style books like Pride and Prejudice was a counting primer, mm. One English Village, Two Rich Gentlemen. And that was really delightful to me. I studied the great books in college and I was like, oh, somebody should do baby lit books for, for theology. Ha ha. Wouldn't that be cool? And then that idea just didn't let up on me. And I was like, you know what? Somebody has to have done this. So I did a lot of mm -hmm. research. I dug around Amazon, Christian book, and I just couldn't find anything. I was like, well, mm. that's crazy. These books should exist. You know what? I can write them. So uh, here I am about almost six years later, five years later, um, I started this project about six years ago and it's just been delightful to see how much of a need in the marketplace there were for these books, how much kids are mm. learning from these books and um, delightful to learn that I wasn't the only parent who was looking for something like this. Mm. So it sounds like you've gotten a lot of good feedback from the books. Yes. There's been lots of great feedback. Um you know, I feel like every week I get a new story from somebody about what their kids are learning about, you know, the fruits of the spirit or Jesus's healing power or, mm. you know, just more about who God is. Um, and I'm always shocked by the number of adults who come to me and say, I've learned so much from your books. Wow. And I had somebody tell me the other day, oh, you write board books for adults. They just don't know it. And <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
But these are the foundational concepts that every Christian needs to know. You know, we need to understand or understand as much as we can the incarnation and the Trinity. We should know what the Beatitudes and the fruits of the Spirit are. We should understand the Psalms as the prayer book of God's people. And these are all the concepts that I'm seeking to introduce in my books. Oh, that's awesome. I, and I totally understand because I know some of the uh, the story Bibles that I went through with my kids you know, you read through it and you see this overarching, you know, of scripture throughout the whole story. And it's like, wow, I can sort of connect the dots through this. Whereas mm-hmm. sometimes just reading through the Bible, you know, it's it's possible to just miss that. So that's a really neat that you're not only uh, teaching children, but you're also teaching adults along the way, or at least encouraging that. I hope so. I hope it's a way that adults feel bolstered in their faith and a sweet time that they get to have with their kids when they read these books together. So now you are our author uh, of the books. Are you all your, do you also do the, uh, the design work or is that someone else? How do you do that? Because to me, the whole idea of a board book uh, is amazingly intimidating to actually think of the idea to actually roll it out. What's the process like in terms of how do you know, what's it like, you know, from concept to actually rolling it out? What's that look like? Sure, that's a great question. Um, to answer your first question, the books are illustrated by another woman. Her name is Jessica Blanchard, and she's fabulously talented. And when I first started thinking about these books, I knew that I wanted them to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we as a church sometimes treat goodness and truth as if they are superior to beauty, but we serve a God who is equally good, true, and beautiful. And I really believe that Christian art should reflect that beauty as much as it reflects God's goodness and truth. And one of the things I love most about Jess, aside from the fact that she's incredibly talented, is that she was really on board with this idea of beauty. She just got it. And she um, has been an incredible partner in the process of making these board books and making sure that they are beautiful So in terms of the process of getting the book from idea in my head to, you know, physical product, you know, I start with the manuscript. I spend some time writing it. Usually I send that on to Jess and she gives me lots of feedback. And one thing I love about my relationship with her is that um, we're extremely collaborative. She's got a lot of input Mm -hmm. on the manuscript and the text writing, and I've got a lot of input on the art design and direction, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't always the case with illustrators and authors. Um, Oftentimes an illustrator or an author will send off their manuscript to the illustrator and then get it back in a few months. And that's it. Like they don't get time to talk about and work through the projects together. And so that's been a really great process with Jess. Um, she does everything. Uh, well, she digitizes everything. She does some things by hand. And, you know, as we sit and talk about things, we usually create an idea board for what we kind of want this book to look like and, you know, brainstorm a few things together. And then she'll come back to me with um, a series of sketches and then usually a set of final or near final um, images. And so we'll go through those together. And then we send that off to our publisher. And Mm -hmm. they're the ones who take care of all of the um, logistics as far as getting things printed and boxed and mailed and shipped to people, which is very convenient. I Kickstarter funded my very first book and um, I managed all of that stuff on the publishing side, (laughs) which was a lot of work. So I was really glad to hand that off to Harvest House. No doubt. No. So when you, you had the concept for the first book, you saw, Hey, I see this, this sort of gap in the marketplace for this type of material. I'm putting my first book together. Did you like 
get response, get feedback from people before you sort of launched? Did you just launch and then get feedback from people? Uh, What was sort of their first take on it? So I decided initially that I wanted to self-publish because I was nobody. Um, I didn't have a platform or a name or any kind of career that would lend itself to getting published. And I had heard that it was incredibly hard to break into the publishing industry without any of those connections. So that's why I decided to self-publish. In the weeks and months leading up to my Kickstarter campaign, I did spend a lot of time reaching out to people, um, friends and family, and then asking them to connect me with their friends and family or anybody they might know who could be helpful in this process. And through that outreach, I eventually got in contact with an agent Um, And he and I have been working together ever since. And um, we actually had an offer from our publishing house on the table about two weeks before our Kickstarter launched. But at that point, we felt like we were a boulder rolling downhill. There was no way to like stop that train. Um, So we ended up going forward with the self-publishing to start. And then eventually we sold them the print rights to our first book. And we've contracted with them for each subsequent book. And do you have a favorite of the books you've put together? I mean, that's like asking for a favorite child. Which, <laughs> that's true. That's a know. loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would say if I had to choose one, probably the first book, just because of the number of hours and the labor of love mm. that it represents. And I still think that one just has loads of fantastic theology in it. Yeah, I really, I really love that book. And that is First Bible Basics, Accounting Primer. That is excellent. Yeah, I can imagine it is hard once you've produced. Now, how many books have you have, have you produced? We have seven out currently with another one slated for release in October. October. Okay. So seven today. Uh, So if you're listening to this, this uh, Lord willing, this is going to launch into June, early July of 2020. So here in a couple of months, that book, do you have a title for it yet? I'm sure you do, but it may not be public. So you don't have to Yeah, we haven't released that yet. I'm sorry. It'll be out by June or July though. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So by the time you get this, you can check out their website and you'll know exactly what it is. So in terms of um, now, you do you guys sell more than just board books? I wanted to say I was looking on your website. You had some other things or is it primarily just uh, the primers? So the Baby Believer series are is the biggest seller, the big draw on our website. But we sell art from all of our books in the form of posters Mm. or prints. We also sell coloring pages um, and coloring books from the material. And then we, um, earlier this year, launched a set of Apostles' Creed memorization cards. So um, significant portions of both the Apostles and Nicene Creed are included in our book, We Believe, an alphabet primer. And so we created a card memorization companion to go with that book in case families were interested in helping their kids memorize the Apostles' Creed. Oh, wow. Now, is that, is that purchased separately? Uh, sorry, is that purchased separately as, as a unique item? Yes, it is. I mean, you can buy, we believe in the Creed cards as a set on the website, but you can buy the cards separately as well. Oh, neat. Neat. Have you had, uh, have you gotten any feedback? Because sometimes I know feedback is a little few and far between sometimes with, with customers and trying to find out, oh, is this, how, you know, what's their response? So I was just curious if you'd gotten much feedback on any of the additional materials. I mean, people seem to love the additional materials. Um, they sell relatively well as far as those things go. I mean, like I said, the books are the big draw on the website, but um, yeah, people love the art and posters and those are um, often put up in churches, which I think is wonderful. Mm. They're great for church nurseries or Sunday school classrooms. 
Um, we released a really wonderful poster of the Old and New Testament books earlier this year as well. And that's such a fun one for churches. And I have that up in my homeschool room too, for my own kids. And then certainly people have been enjoying the creed cards and um, the coloring pages. We've released a whole set of coloring pages for Holy Week and those um, got great feedback. So we've been really happy to provide these resources for families and for churches. Oh, that's neat. You say you've just, it seems like you're getting a lot, uh, a lot more traction over time and you're getting uh, repeat customers because families are like, Hey, I just got to get the next one coming out the door, whatever it is. I want it. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know, you can buy our books on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or from your favorite local bookseller as well. So we see sales coming through on all channels, not just our website, though. Our website is the best place to get all of our ancillary products, the coloring Mm. or the art, et cetera. Okay. That's cool. And, you know, one thing you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago that I really, that was really neat and, and effective was this idea of, it's not simply about being true, which is important, right? It's not, but, but also that there is, is beauty and design and, and it's done very well. And I meant to ask it back then, elaborate a little more on, on the idea of, of the beauty and design because I think, like you say, sometimes we can get like very sort of into the weeds on its text, and you know, we there there we will not smile, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's only text. But I really like that idea, and I think, and I agree with it. Um, does that make sense on the question? I'm sorry, I'm rambling a bit. Yeah, no, I think I understand what you're saying in terms of beauty. I feel like beauty is one of the first ways that people encounter God. You know, it's like meeting a person that you're attracted to, you first Mm -hmm. see them. And then as you get to know them, you fall in love with them. But in the same way, we ought to present God beautifully to the outside world. We ought to say like, this is who God is. He is Mm -hmm. beautiful. This is attractive. And the more that you know him, the more you see the goodness and the truth of the church and the work of the church of scripture and God's character. But I feel like Christians should do a good job of presenting the gospel attractively. We should do a good job with our design, with our illustration, with our art. Um, You know, we shouldn't let our churches fall into disrepair because we think other things are more important. I feel like that's a way to turn people off of the gospel and off of the work of the church when we say like we should, you know, this can be a dilapidated building, but we're still worshiping and doing good things. That is true. We can do that. Christians met in the catacombs and worshiped in the catacombs, but nobody wants to go back and worship in the catacombs. Nobody says that's our, you know, that's our first choice. We would rather worship in a beautiful cathedral. And the beauty of that space is what points us to God. And so in the same way, I think that as Christians create, we are called to be to create beautifully as God created beautifully. And we shouldn't put that by the wayside. Mm, I agree. That is so neat too, because like, you're absolutely right. You know, you look, you look at God's creation just around us from, you know, I'm looking out the window right now and I've got like the light blue sky and the big puffy clouds. And I got some sunbeams scattered about, and that's just, there is something beautiful there. Right. And you know, the heavens declare his glory. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I really appreciated not only you mentioned that, but elaborating on that too, because I think you're right. I think sometimes it can go by the wayside and yet there is immense value in that uh, and importance. Mm-hmm. Um, so for other, for, for people who are listening and they're going, I don't know if I could ever like, you know, create a book, but I got these other ideas. 
because I know at some point you really you took a, a you took a step right you took a leap you you definitely stepped forward uh, in faith and in action. But for those who are hesitant on that, any advice you would give to them? Because um, it sounds like there's been a lot of good, a lot of fruit that has come from uh, your work, from the books. Any encouragement you would want to provide to somebody who's wrestling with that? Yeah, so that's tough. I feel like my story um, is can be both an encouragement and is also like not the standard story. Okay. So in many ways, I feel like meeting my illustrator was God's biggest confirmation that this mm. was a project he wanted me to pursue because believe me, you would not want to look at the books I would have illustrated myself. Um, and I knew I needed just the right person. And this project could have been dead on arrival for lack of an illustrator before it ever mm. got off the ground. Um, I will say that there were moments of crippling doubt in the months leading mm. up to launching the Kickstarter campaign, even as much as I felt like this was the right thing to do. It was still taking a huge risk. It was a huge financial risk for my family, especially, you know, I just prayed a lot for this project and the theme verse leading up to that, that Kickstarter launch in 2016 was seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. I would say that if you have an idea that you think is unique enough to stand in a saturated marketplace, if you pray through it and feel really called and compelled to do it, then trust that the Lord will provide the things that you need and open the right doors to, you know, make you successful in your endeavors. I mean, if you want specific advice about writing and publishing, I do have a little section on my website where I go through all my best publishing advice. Um, you can find that at catechesisbooks.com backslash write, uh, W-R-I-T-E. So that will have a lot of information about how to self-publish or how to traditionally publish. But um, yeah, in general, I would say pray a lot about it. Talk to your friends and family and see what they think of the idea. Do your research. You know, this, um, as much as I make it sound like this project just got off the ground, it didn't. It was hundreds and hundreds of hours worth of work and it took a toll on my family and my time. And my body, um, in terms of like lack of sleep and all of that sort of thing. So keep in mind that these projects, even when blessed by God, are a lot of hard work paired with that. Absolutely, and that that that's a good. I, I like that because you. It's a good qualification. Uh, and yet, you know, as you say, that hard work is not bad work. It just it just takes work, right? It's yes. it's just hard. But man, it sounds like there has been some great fruit that has come from it. Uh, a lot of families have been encouraged. Uh, a lot of children have been taught and they're growing in the word. And that is, that is awesome stuff. So thank um, you. If, if listeners want to know more about you or about your books, uh, where would you like them to go? They can visit my website, which is catechesisbooks.com. If you can't spell catechesis, you can also go to babybeliever.com and that will redirect to my website, catechesisbooks.com. Um, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Catechesis Books. Um, and most things are, you know, posted pretty frequently on, on Instagram. That's the best place to follow me for like daily updates and encouragement. Okay, excellent. And for everybody listening, we'll put all that information in the show notes so you can check it out at your convenience. Danielle, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure not only to uh, to have a conversation with you, but to learn about the work that you're doing. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
If you found this episode helpful, please leave a review for us wherever you listen to podcasts. Doing so will help others to find us. Uh, check out the show notes for resource information. We encourage you to do that for links and other references. We'd like to hear from you so you can message us your questions or comments on Facebook, Instagram, and Entrusting the Faith. You can email us at info at entrustingthefaith.com. If you go to our website, which is www.entrustingthefaith.com, uh, you can sign up to our email list and receive free resources as well as upcoming podcast episode information. So check it out. Lastly, just remember, legacies are built a day at a time. So start now.